Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Miss Boo search through all of cinema to find some awesome stuff to talk about. And this week, we are talking about Batman 66. Which uh, Dean is just going to complicate for us, but... <laughs> I'm not. It's not complicated, alright? Okay, because every week, you know, we're going through picking out these Batman movies for this month. Yes. This is the last week, and... To do Batman justice, we decided to talk about Adam West Batman, right? Yes. The forebear. And you caveated this film to me as Dean. This movie is horrible, but it's gonna be great. I don't think those were my exact words. You did set me up saying this movie was not very good. Compared to the Batman films that we've been discussing, this is very, very different. Character-wise, story-wise, action-wise... Compared to what we've seen so far. And I also know you. Mm. I know that your criteria for what makes a film good is... Not this movie. Is astronomical, even to levels that I can't even comprehend. So I thought, ooh, Dean is going to see this and he is just going to have a field day with what this movie is. And I was very surprised at your reaction. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. And I'm still very surprised at his reaction. <laughs> this is this movie is so much fun. It is a living comic book. It's a living cartoon. This cuts through all the muck and pomp and circumstance of all other Batman media and just gets to the heart of the character, which is he is a he is a cartoon for children and he is meant to be entertaining and fun. I, we don't have enough fun superhero movies. We're going to have a game at the end of this episode ranking all the Batman and stuff that we've been talking about over the past month. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm going to play a game with myself right now. Yes. Where every time Dean says pomp and circumstance, I take a drink of my Dr. Pepper. Because so far today, he's already said it like four times. So I got to catch up. I, you know, pomp and circumstance. Got to drink some more. Hold on. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, but Batman, 1966, stars Adam West, Burt Ward, Lee Merriweather, Cesar Romero, Burgess Meredith, Frank Gordon. There, a lot of people, right? Yes. This is the first live-action Batman film, right? I think there might have been one earlier when there was like the original Batman show that was in black and white. Well, there well, might have been. I think that was a serial, right? It uh, was a serial, yeah. So I'm not sure if they had like maybe a short film, but this is like the first Batman film yeah and i know that what this film i guess for people who are watching it now because i don't think they do this any do they still do pilots now for what tv shows yeah for tv shows they still it, do of course they do well i don't know because of, like streaming services where they're no. like they don't do pilots on streaming shows anymore they just screen light a whole fucking season no it'll usually say pilot on it still so pilot is still very much a thing but this was actually i know what road you're going down yeah. this was actually the pilot to the Batman show. And they just decided, you know what? Let's keep this as a movie and we'll have a show. And with the show, you know, taking off the way that it did, they're like, it makes sense to kind of have a couple of seasons, a movie, more seasons, and then we'll do another movie because it's just going to be a juggernaut of money. Yeah, because I looked into some of the history of this and this was originally supposed to be the pilot for the show, yeah. right? And then something happened, like, the show aired before the movie got released, so they yeah. just shelved it for a year? Yeah. Well, it wasn't even a year, because the show came out in 66. So oh, okay. it was just, like, months. Okay, it was, like, until the first season ended, right? I think so. Yeah, and watching the movie, it does feel like three episodes of a TV show stapled together. Mm -hmm. Which, again, the movie's a lot more fun than it is good because practical or practical because it doesn't really the movie don't really make a whole lot of sense right no not really yeah. i mean it feels like you're kind of just dropped into their lives this isn't like an origin story where it's like this is bruce wayne this is uh dick grayson this is you know gotham so it's like i can see how this was the pilot because it's just we're not getting a lot of information everything is so foreign to us mm. and it's like you know it's like we're supposed to know that's Catwoman, that's the Penguin, that's the Riddler, that's the Joker. The, the rogues gallery of yeah. villains. Because the whole premise of the movie is that that rogues gallery, um, they come across this uh, dehydration ray 
and their goal is to dehydrate the uh, United Nations or whatever. Yeah. And they turn them all into this dust material. And they're going to hold them all for ransom, like a million dollars per country to get them all back. Which I'm sure that that dust was cat litter. Oh, most definitely. I, look, I've got a cat, like... you've got cats. I mean, just seeing those first piles, I was like, that's cat litter. It's it's cat litter and food coloring. That That is something I love about this, this sh- movie, this show, is you can tell so much of this was made with like stucco in a dream yeah you know like some of the props in this and the sets are look so gaudy and so cheap but it's it, again because none of the actors acknowledge it and none of them are trying to play the movie as beneath them you buy into it you know it's kind of like like the original star trek series yeah where you where all the aliens are guys in rubber masks but because William Shatner refuses to make this thing anything less than an epic melodrama. You buy into it because it's just fun. Sure. Sure. I know you hate Star Trek, alright? I don't hate it. I've just... It's never appealed to me. I think I think you would probably like The Next Generation. Like, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Because it's not nearly as cheap, and it's it's probably way more your speed than, like, the um, original series. It also has Picard. Also has Picard. Also, start with season two. Season one of Star Trek The Next Generation is some of the worst television in, in history. Alright? Just season one. But back to Batman. Back to Batman. Um, yeah, so they ter- dehydrate all these, like, UN, they're gonna s- hold them hostage for a million dollars, and Batman... A billion dollars from each of their countries. Yes, a billion dollars from each country. And Batman has to figure out who these dastardly villains are. Has to infiltrate their lair. And then has to save the world with the help of his sidekick, uh, Robin. And it's it's just cartoon comic book. It is. It's just fun. Like, this is like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. It's also kind of like Roger Rabbit. Because Mm -hmm. it's cartoons meshing with real life yeah yeah except i like roger rabbit a lot more because this was just like really bouncing off the walls yeah and i i don't get how you're how you don't like that well i mean i like the show it's been a while since i've seen the movie so i like the show it's cheesy it's campy but it's just to compare it with the batman that we've seen over the years for me it kind of falls short okay well let's get to that because um, that's probably the most interesting point of, like, conversation for this, because, y- you know, everybody, like, the whole point of these podcasts is we talk about the movie for, like, five minutes, and then we talk about everything around it. Yeah. So, what is it about this interpretation of Batman that you just don't, like, ride on? Like, like you just don't get get into? I don't know. I think it's just, I said it earlier when we were talking before we were recording, it's like um, Adam West kind of took the the Shatner route, mm-hmm. and it's just like I'm going to be a character, not like the one I saw in the comic books. He is exactly like Batman was in the comic books for the time. Yeah, you know the the Sheldon version. Uh, Sheldon, uh, I know I have it somewhere here in my notes. Oh yeah, the writer of the uh, Batman Shel- of the sixties, Sheldon Moldoff. They took that version of Batman and the villains. And I mean, no shade towards Sheldon Moldoff because we got, you know, Poison Ivy, Clayface, Mr. Freeze. But they kind of went that route instead of going towards the more serious um, Carmine Infantino. Uh His was, you know, the Silver Age and he was a bit more serious and it was more the Dark Knight. So it's like, it's hard to see kind of, you know, the range of Batman where it's, you know, more serious, rooting the Cape, Cape Crusader versus, you know, the bat to see and, you know, everything is bat this, bat that. I, I, okay. My... I mean, opening of the movie, we have him with a shark attached to his leg. And with the bat shark repellent? Yes. 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 And which is some one of the greatest things in cinematic history. It is, it is glorious. I think that you need to watch the show so you could see the surf competition between Batman and the Joker. I, I, I didn't know that was a thing that I needed in my life, but that I need that in my life. You gotta watch it after we finish recording this. Uh, but here's the thing. Like, I acknowledge that 
Batman is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I mean, Batman the character has been around for 90 years, right? We're almost at 90, yeah. Yeah, so I get it. You know, you have Denny O'Neill Batman. You mm-hmm. have um, Burton Batman. You have all of these different interpretations mm-hmm. of Batman across 90 plus years. Bob Kane Batman, Bill mm-hmm. Finger Batman. Mm-hmm. You have all these different versions of Batman. But the Adam West interpretation of Batman is, I feel, not only just as valid as the Michael Keaton interpretation from the Tim Burton films, Mm -hmm. or the Christian Bale version from the Nolan films, or even the Pattinson version from the Matt Reeves films. I feel Adam West's interpretation of Batman is not only just as valid as them, but is possibly more accurate to the Batman that existed at that time and for me you know i agree with you i think he is just as valid as the rest of the other batman Mm -hmm. for his time yes because this was the 60s 67 was the summer of love i believe so Mm -hmm. this was very much how the world was where it was you know very groovy and we get a very groovy batman exactly but to compare him with the other ones, it's like, you know, I kind of lead towards the dark side. And you lead more towards the fun, groovy, you know, well, fun times. It, it's just the thing where my interpretation of Batman stems a lot more in the fundamental idea of him as a character. And that is, he is a character designed for children. And he is supposed to be fun and having fun. Yeah. And I feel this version of Batman, the Adam West Batman, is is way more in line with that foundational idea of him in concept than any other Batman. Hmm. I mean, I get it. You know, yes. Comic books are for children. That's the whole reason that they were produced. Yeah. It's turned into this market where now comic books are more for adults and now they make more kid-friendly comic books. What? It and is so weird. It is, but it's like, as long as I get, you know, a hold of my comic books, I'm good. Yeah. I- I'm happy. But, you know, to kind of, you know, say, okay, Batman needs to be this goofy and, you know, this kind of, you know, silly. You know, we grew up in the, the day of Batman the Animated Series, which is more film noir and more dark and more brooding. And us as kids, we were entertained. I mean, I'm going through the series right now and watching it episode by episode again. No, I understand that. And it's it's a thing where, like, yeah, I get it. This version of Batman did not exist in my childhood. Mm-hmm. But, like, you also have to look at it where, like, where I'm coming from here. Because, yeah, Batman the Animated Series, it was darker, you know, yada, yada, yada. It was more in line with, like, the Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. But this version is, this is a Batman of a different generation where, yeah, no, this is exactly the kind of, like, Batman that would exist for 1966. This really goofy, really campy. It's made in four-color panels you would see Mm -hmm. on, like, a newsstand. Yeah, like, this looks like a comic book. Yeah. This looks like some of those old silver Golden Age Batman comic books I got sitting in my boxes over there. Yeah. So it's just, I feel this is a incredibly accurate and, and valid portrayal of the character of Batman. Okay, and that's your opinion. I mean, for me, I think he needs to be a little bit more... Brooding. More brooding, more dark, more, more isolated. A little bit more on the edge, as it were. Dean, a, Dean's making a, on, ha- a hand on, motion on, as he's on, doing on this. that edge, that, that edge lording over there. Are you Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. Yeah, so for me, I think he needs to be a little bit more on the serious side. And I know that that was an issue with Adam West when he came into the movie, where he was like, okay, you know what, I I will do this, but I want to have more time as Bruce Wayne, mm. instead of just being in costume the whole time and being a character. And yeah. we get it, and it's like, it doesn't feel like we get him too much because he falls head over heels for Catwoman. Yeah, like, he's a good I think he's a good Batman. I don't think he's a good Bruce Wayne. No, I mean, because we see him for, like, a hot second as Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And then he's kind of, you know, under Catwoman's spell. And, you know, let's go for a, you know, ride in a horse-drawn carriage. And the romantic music. And, oh, yes, I feel myself losing control. And it's just like... 
bro chill yeah yeah it's like, a date like come it, on it works better when he's wearing you know batman pajamas yeah. and dancing around in a mask but yeah. without it and he's trying to elevate the material in that way it doesn't really work like that actually comes off as like little awkward once he once he's actually in the catman costume it works a lot better i mean i thought he did really good when he was bruce wayne and they had kidnapped him and he's fighting in the submarine with all of them and i yes, was like the uh, cheapest submarine in film history yes and it's like it kind of felt like a james bond moment we've got him in the suit and he's fighting and he's throwing them around and i'm like okay i'm like we're actually seeing bruce wayne and it's you know oh batman's on his way to you know come save you you know try to survive until then and it's bruce like okay no one's coming to save me i've got to make my way out of here and not reveal my cover also how do they not figure out that he's bruce wayne how do they not figure out clark kent is superman <sighs> these people yeah, like these you, villains yeah like or, or like diana prince's wonder woman <laughs> like she doesn't even wear a mask no uh like that like yeah of course they're not gonna figure out you know he's he's batman but yeah like i look at um this movie and i just think it's just it's so much fun it's it's just a living cartoon and i kind of grooved on it like it's i don't think it's a very good movie like don't get me wrong like i think adam west is like the best part about well adam west and burt ward are like the best part about this entire movie burt ward's just trying to you know do his job and he's like you know gee willikers batman Oh, man, that was driving me Holy crazy. Holidays, Batman. It's Catwoman. Holy Sardine. Holy Sardines, Batman. Holy uh, Heart Attack. Holy Heart Attack, Batman. There's so many of those going on in this movie, and it's oh, it's wonderful. It is it is wonderful. I mean, what... I, I know you're like, Dean, what, what do you mean this is wonderful? I thought you were supposed to be the pretentious one. It's just he is. You are. You are the pretentious one, but you're also the big cheese, so I could see why you love this. Yeah. I'm surprised you're just I'm surprised you don't dig it. I think I enjoyed the show more. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it feels like a show and this is what the movie kind of feels like a show and it's just kind of on running. Mm-hmm. It's like I like knowing that the show's starting and we're going to get the animated uh title before the actual show starts. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that they still incorporated like the the whole bat, you know, transition in between some of the scenes where you see the bat logo and the da-da-da-da and it sets up for the next scene so it feels a lot like the program yeah but with the film it just kind of felt like it was a little all over the place a little heavy on the cheese you know this bomb scene that lasted oh for like where... five minutes where he's just running around with a bomb over his batman head finds the bomb and he has to get rid of it but batman can't throw it into the into the group of nuns oh he can't throw it into the marching band he can't throw it at the woman in the carriage Oh, he's gonna throw it over the over the wharf, and oh, he can't throw it out there. There's a whole school of ducks, and I'm like, this is Batman. This is a superhero. He is so goody two shoes. He can't even hurt ducks. And the fact that the scene took five hours to film. Oh, of just Adam Kino. West running around with a, you know, a fake bomb over his head. This is cinematic art right there if i were out of us i would have kicked Kingdom. that thing so far i'd be like you know what i'm you getting kick, tired kick the soccer ball with a flare mm-hmm. in it i'm like i am getting tired of holding this thing over my head all day just you know fuera it is mm-hmm. so funny because you can so tell that that bomb is like a basketball in like paper mache and with like a, a mm-hmm. road flare on the top the amount of of cheese in this movie is is delectable i don't i don't know i just really dig this movie yeah, I mean, it's fun. I mean, you know, I, I love the design of the submarine, that it's basically a penguin, and you have the, the little, you know, feet, you know, kicking every time you see it go by. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cute. That's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. But it's just like, it, the is cheese it, is so heavy. Is this the thing where you're just like, you can't get past how campy it is? <sighs> I, a, a little bit. It's just... Th- this is a little bit too much even for you. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I really enjoy the show. I love the Batmobile. Yeah. That's one thing that, you know, has been a constant is that the Batmobile is so cool and it feels like something of that time where you would expect it to be, wow, it's just, you know, souped up with all these gadgets. It's just a Lincoln Continental with some Bat logos on exactly. it. Oh, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's some things in this in this movie that look, like, really cool just because of how iconic they are. The, the Batcopter. Yeah. I, I mean... In terms of iconography, 
this movie is iconic, right? Or at least this version of Batman is iconic. It's iconic because it was brand new. Also, it started Batmania. Yeah. Which we kind of touched on in the Michael Keaton uh, movie where it was just a phenom with merchandise and people shaving the logo into their head and, you know, all sorts of crazy things. But this, you know, was the one that actually started it where people were just like, there's Batman everywhere. They're making appearances. They're doing things uh, special to promote the show and the movie. So, yeah, it was very new for its time. And it, you know, it kind of coincided with a lot of big things in the 60s, like Beatlemania and, you know, lots of bands and movies. Mm. So it's very iconic for what it is. It's just the camp's a little too strong for me. Yeah, and that's probably, like, I I would think that um, this is a movie people are either going to love or hate. I mm-hmm. don't think there's many people who are going to watch it and be like, eh, it was okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It was fine. This is either going to be a, this movie's so goofy, I can't stand it, or this movie's so goofy, I I love it. I think there's enough space in the middle to be like, you know, there's things that I enjoy about it, but is this something that I could watch on the regular? No. No. Uh, but, you know, that that is Batman 66. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's important because this is, you know, the first film uh, iteration that we get. I mean, it also inspired Matt Reeves with his Batman because we also get the Riddler, Catwoman, and the Penguin. Yeah. So, you know, we've got that Easter egg. It's coming from the first film. Joker's even in it. The Joker's in it, too. Yeah, it's it's a thing where the influence of this movie, and if you don't see it, like, has affected every Batman after it. Like, Tim Burton's Batman, Michael Keaton, they tried so hard. We we need to be as different as Adam West as possible, because everyone who goes into the theater is only going to think of Adam West, right? And even with the Nolan um, series of films, they were like, okay, we have to make sure that we do not draw not only any parallels to the Burton Batman, but we also distinguish ourselves from the West Batman. Yeah. Because, as we know, with the uh, Burton series or the original Batman series, it divulged into a far more Adam West-style campy Batman with the Schumacher films. Yeah. So it's a thing where, like, the shadow of camp has has lorded over this series of films for forever, and probably always will. Yeah, and I mean, because of that shadow, it took, what, uh, Keaton's Batman, was it 10 or 15 years to be accomplished? Because so many studios were like, you're really gonna make, like, another campy Batman movie? And they're like, no, we're gonna go serious. I don't believe you. Well, the other one was, why would you go serious? Because you know, the, the West one worked. You know, that makes money. They're and like, also, the West one was, um, what was it, a Fox movie? I think so. Well, it was made It was made by, like, their TV production. So, I think it was released by 20th Century Fox. And this was before um, Warner Brothers bought DC. So, this was... Is this, this is the only DC superhero film not released by Warner Brothers, isn't it? Correct. That's weird. Yeah. I want more Fox uh, Batman movies if this is what we get. Fuck it. I, I know Sony has um, all the Spider-Man people that are not Spider-Man. Fuck it. Let let Fox take a run at trying to make another Batman movie. Well, you let me know how it is. Uh, I will. I will. But let's have everyone else know something. How we liked all the Batman movies up to this point. Because I know that's a big thing. You know, we wanted to get at the end of this month the the game, as it were, or the the rankings, right? Yeah, because I mean, we're seeing all the first like origin stories of this character, except for sixty six. Not too much of an origin story. Same it's with just... eighty nine. It's not really an origin yeah. story. Well, we're, well, what it is, it's the origination of these it's... iconic Batman's. Exactly. So we're gonna be doing a game where we break down. You know, our favorite villain of the movies we've seen, our favorite Batmobile, so on. Yes. So, okay, let's start our game and you guys follow along. Maybe some of our answers will match. Maybe they'll be completely different than ours. Yes, but ours are um, technically correct in every aspect. Eh, I wouldn't say that. We have the microphone. We are always correct. You know how that works. Eh, I still wouldn't say that, but Uh let's start the game. All right. All right, so let's see. Favorite Gotham. Uh, my favorite Gotham? Oh, uh, Tim Burton's Batman. 
uh batman 89 best gotham most like a comic book i think it has a lot of style a lot of substance i dig the hell out of it which I'm so surprised because you're, you know, oh, you and your Tim Burton, and you're just like Tim Burton hands down. Oh yeah, look, I I give Tim Burton a lot of shit for his reason stuff because he's become more style over substance. But the, his Batman movie, like that, he that's a styling kind of movie. I dig the production design of that Batman movie. What what about you? It was difficult. Because, you know, I love Tim Burton, I love that Gotham, but I'm going to have to go with the Batman. Ah, uh, the Pattinson. The Pattinson Matt, Batman. Matt Reeves Batman. Bat Pattinson, yes. I'm going to have to go with that because I really like that it's very realistic, like somewhere that you can go and actually visit, mm -hmm. and feeling like the city is just completely falling apart. Yeah, Because yeah. Because with Tim Burton's, it feels like you're in a different universe, and I love it. Mm -hmm. but I really like that this feels very real in the Matt Reeves film. No, I can appreciate that. I think that's a that's a good line because it's a lot more real than the Batman, or than like... Um, 89. 89, but it's not nearly as... It's not nearly trying to be as ultra-realistic as like the Nolan movie. Yeah, that one was a, a big struggle for me because mm -hmm. it just felt like... It felt like you were watching Chicago. Chicago, yeah, you know, just drone footage. And it's like, I'm not getting the vibe of this is Gotham, a city that Bruce Wayne loves so much. And he's so, you know, uh, I can't even think of the word. He's just so determined to save this city that's, you know, completely falling to pieces. Because it's, it's fairly clean. It, we only get the villains and the action inserted into those streets. Yeah, I understand. Okay, so next question best bruce wayne oh Chris, christian bale it's not even close not even close by any standard even yeah. even more over uh west oh absolutely okay adam west does not have nearly enough okay adam west bruce wayne is not a character he is a performance mm -hmm. um and michael keen seems to not have any interest playing bruce wayne he's interested in being Batman, an yeah. unhinged um, creature of the night, like lunatic. He's interested in being the vigilante. He doesn't really want to play Bruce Wayne. No. And Pattinson, or the Matt Reeves um, Batman, that is a, not even close to him even attempting to want to be Bruce Wayne. We don't, I don't think we get a single scene of him being Bruce Wayne in that film. It's the just funeral. him being, no, that's just him being Batman. It's just him as Batman without the mask on. We never see him play the playboy billionaire. Mm -hmm. You know, we never see Batman put the mask of Bruce Wayne on. Yeah. Except with Christian Bale. I think that's the only time in these series of films <laughs> we actually see the mask of Bruce Wayne. Because Bruce Wayne's the mask. He's yeah. always Batman. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Bale is my favorite Bruce Wayne because he can really play up the character. Mm -hmm. We see him struggle with it in the beginning of Batman Begins. But towards the end of the movie... He's full on Bruce Wayne. Oh, he's yeah. like, oh, that's right. You know, I went back and I bought the majority of the shares, so it is my company again. Ha ha. Ha ha. Wayne interesting is mine. And I, I mean, I know we can't, you know, expand further into the Nolan trilogy, but we just see him evolve more into the billionaire playboy, and you know, oh, he's constantly getting into trouble mm -hmm. and not helping us. So yeah, Bale wins it for me too. Oh yeah. Okay, let's see. Best Batcave. Um, Bale again for me. I think it's the most interesting because it, it, I think it was like a real cave, right? That's yeah. what we said in the episode. Yeah, and it was a, a practical set. Also, my favorite too was Bale's Batcave. I mean, <laughs> Nolan really went out to, you know, make this an actual thing that you could walk into and kind of be immersed into, which you get that feel in the movie. Yeah, and it not only it's not only that, it definitely feels the most um in character for this Batman, because I think Keaton's Batcave is more, like, cartoony, it's more designed, it's it's way more in, like, that Tim Burton-esque, like, gothic architecture, what have you. That, and you could also tell that some of it, or most of it's a matte painting. Yeah. So, it, it doesn't feel real, it, it just feels very, uh, 2D. Yeah, it feels a little artificial. Mm -hmm. I think I like the, the Bale one, because it's so much more like the Sanctum, it's a little... 
It's like a grittier darker. I just like it a lot. I think that I liked how the cave just like looked because it's actually a cave. Yeah. You know, it, it's got the waterfall and that's how he leaves and comes back through the water. So it, it's a lot of different moving parts to it. Mm -hmm. And there's bats in it. Yeah, there's bats in it. There's freaking, there's freaking bats. Batman needs bats. Okay, so best bat suit. Um, I know your answer. Mm-hmm. Because it's the one that have the abs of Pattinson involved. But <laughs> mine are the uh, bat nipples of Keaton, if I have to be honest. Joke's on you. There's no nipples on that costume. Ah, curses. Curse that was, the that Mandela was, That was the only reason why he chose it, because of the bat nipples. But of course. But um, yeah, I like Michael Keaton's Batman costume the most. It is the, it is the Batman silhouette of the Batman I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like, my imagination of Batman as a character is of the all-black suit with the, the yellow insignia and the Batman that cannot turn his head left or right. Yeah. Like, that, that is my version of the bat suit that I like the most. Which, you know, trademarked the bat turn where he has to completely turn his body to he, look into the camera. He has to roll his shoulders every, every time he turns. For people who don't notice that, watch the movie again and just watch every time Michael Keaton tries to turn his head, He turn his whole shoulders have to move with him. He's wearing a neck brace the entire movie. It's, I mean, it's kind of great. Couldn't move his head, couldn't hear anything under all the silicone. It, it is by far the most uncomfortable bat suit that has ever been worn by an actor. Oh, definitely, because, I mean, in West, it's just spandex. Yeah, it's. I think it's basically just bat pajamas is what everyone describes it as. Yeah, and I mean, I really, that was like a gripe of mine with this costume. How small the bat insignia is on it. Yeah. It's like a patch that they just kind of like, like ironed, ironed onto the on. chest. And it's like, no, it's Batman. It should be, you know, a big thing on his chest. I think it goes into the charm of the movie, which is how, how kind of cheap it is. And yeah. it's, I kind of, I kind of love it, which is how cheesy his suit is. I like how Robin's suit though is like the best Robin outfit we've ever gotten in any live action oh, yeah. Batman film because, oh, it's exactly like the comic books. But then you look at Batman's suit and you're like... He just rolled out of bed. And he it, just rolled out of bed. It's not It's not even a black costume. It's baby blue. Or not baby blue, but navy like, blue like, or whatever. Like powdered blue. Yeah. His uh, bat PJs. Yeah. Uh, Batman, what's going on with your bat suit? Oh, it's casual bat Friday, so I'm in my bat PJs today. I would love if the next Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, he was wearing like the bat pajamas. Like, it's just casual Friday, man, you know? I'm trying to think. I think that was in the Nolan trilogy. I don't know if it was Nolan Trilogy. I don't think it was Pattinson. But in one of the scenes, there's like clothes hanging up on a line and it's kids' Batman pajamas that are hanging. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I think it's in like the third one. Like The Dark Knight Rises, I think it's where it is. It, it's somewhere in there. So yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I think we'd probably get that more from Lego Batman. I could totally see him wearing <sighs> Bat PJs. The greatest Batman of them all. How do we not talk about it? Apparently, I mean, the ratings on that are so high. I gotta watch that. I haven't seen it. Uh, let's see. So we talked about... Oh, oh yeah, mine's Pattinson for best Batsuit. I, I kind of call it, right? You did. I, I forgot. We just kind of went on a tangent <laughs> yeah. about Bat it, PJs. It's the most practical Batsuit. Most practical. I mean, it, he's evolved through the decades and it's kind of like, oh, hey, by the way, when you're getting your costume made, do this. Oh, you're the next one. Okay, do that. And Pattinson was able to walk in and they're like, yeah, make sure you can move your head and you could go to the bathroom. Yes. I, 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 I understand. It is the, it is the bat suit that not only is the most practical, but it's also the one that it looks like the actor can actually move and function And breathe in, in it. Yeah. Which is the problem with almost all the other ones. Yeah. And I also like that his bat symbol on his chest was also a weapon or a tool for him to use. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, you know, something that was on there. It's like, Oh no, it's another practicality thing where I can, you know, use this and just put it back onto my uniform. Yeah, it all has purpose. Yeah. Okay, best Batmobile. <laughs> I'm going with Keaton again, baby. All right. I I kind of love the Hot Wheels Batmobile. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean again, like a lot of the style stuff about Batman, I think um Tim Burton really got right. Yeah. Like, I think he really understood the design to go with, and I think the Batmobile in that is just, like, right on that line of being almost too ridiculous to be real, and so cool you want one. 
Exactly. And I mean, I really struggled because I love cars and I love the Batmobiles. Yeah. You know, the Keaton Batmobile was the first, you know, toy car of mine that I had. And I think I'm probably going to have to go with Pattinson's Batmobile. The character. Yes, because the, that car has so much character. Not that Wes's car doesn't have any character, because my god, that car is like... that. That's the only one of these I think you could is street legal. I, I am almost convinced that's the only Batmobile you could drive as a real car. Yeah, and it's just, it's fun. It's, you know, vibrant. It does a whole bunch of things. Um, it's kind of right up there with, like, Homer Simpson's car when he designs a car at his brother's uh, car oh, company. Oh, God, yes. I I wish the Homer Simpson car existed. In Give it real... time. Someone will do it. Somebody will 3D print a whole car, and that'll be the first one made. But, yeah, I, I gotta go with Pattinson's Batmobile because it's just so practical. It's, you know, a car that you, you know, would see on the street, and then you kind of do a double take, and it's like, no, that thing is, like, super, super charged. This thing is a monster. Oh, and the, yeah. And the fact that, you know, Matt Reeves wanted it to be, you know, kind of like Christine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I kind of like that it has that horror element to it. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to go with Pattinson's Batmobile. I feel you. All right. Best Bat Theme. Michael Keaton. Or, or Danny Elfman's Bat Theme from uh, the 89. Batman 89. Yeah. It's the most iconic. It's the one that not only do all the Batman films after it try and differentiate themselves with they all have to acknowledge it in one way or the other it's the superhero theme that is in the same league as superman the superman theme that all other superhero films have to acknowledge or have to work around like the first spider-man film mm-hmm. its theme is stealing from heavily the batman theme which is also done by danny elfman yeah so i i would say the the danny elfman bat theme because, I mean, the theme to Batman 66 is just as iconic. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. You hear it and, you know, you have it stuck in your head all day, you know, da 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 So it's like, yeah, you know, it's fun. And just kind of seeing the evolution of music where it's turned into, this is going to be basically the essence of the character. Mm. And it's like, you know, the actor doesn't even have to say anything. You hear the music, you see the costume, and that's Batman. Yeah. And... I mean, I love the the new score from the Batman. Um, I feel like the Nolan trilogy, he has his bat theme, but it's kind of immersed into the rest of the music and the scenes. Well, my thing with the Batman begin, like the music of Batman Begins, is not if it stands out to me. Yeah. That's no offense to Hans Zimmer. No, uh, he's no, a fantastic he, composer. Yeah, I like his. I like a lot of his work. It's just. None of the music in that stands out to me nearly as much as um, the Tim Burton Batman. Uh, Danny Elfman. Or the Danny Elfman theme. I agree. I mean, that has been Batman's theme for a long time. I mean, that was the theme in uh, Batman the Animated Series. It's just a strong piece of music. And Mm. when I think of Batman, I think of that song. It's, It's the best one. All right. So let's see. Best villain. Um, that's hard. Okay, because I want to give credit to um Adam West because he has four villains in it that are all having all the fun. Um, we we get the same four villains in the Batman. It's yeah. just, it's a range of characters that we get. I think I think the best one in all these movies though is Jack Nicholson's Joker because he's the main villain. I think he's the He's the only villain in all these movies where he's the dedicated bad guy. Yeah. He's the bad guy throughout the whole movie. And Jack Nicholson is having so much goddamn fun in that role. And it is such a iconic Joker. I think it's a great, great villain performance. I agree. I mean, I really thought you were going to choose Paul Dano. I like, I like him as an actor, and I think the Riddler's really good, but I... I've seen that unhinged serial killer performance done in a lot of movies. And I'm like, eh, that's nothing special. But Jack Nicholson, on enough cocaine to kill a small elephant, playing the Joker? Oh. Oh, I'm all in for that. I will never get that ever again. I mean, Party Man, the Joker, is just... Has blown any other villain out of the water I've ever seen. 
It is the greatest performance in cinema history. It makes me so happy to watch that scene that I've gone back and I've just, you know, YouTube that clip because he is just having a great time. And seeing him across Michael Keaton is just like, it It makes perfect sense. He's living his best life. He is. He's living his best life. And he brings a smile to my face. I know he brings a smile to your face. Always. So, let's see. Best Batman. Oh, is this our final? Nope. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Second to last. Okay, best Batman, and I will probably be getting yelled at, um, but I I am being 100% honest when I say this, Adam West is the best Batman. I could believe you saying that. Yeah, I, I think he gets the most essence of what Batman is at his core, which is a um, a character for kids who is a hero like he i don't have questions of him being a psychopath i don't have questions of him being a uh, an unhinged lunatic i see him and i'm like oh he's a superhero yeah he dresses up he helps he fights crime with the police and he takes down these fantastical villains mm-hmm. he is the most elevated batman and i think he's the best version of that character i've seen on screen okay it sucks that he is in the worst movie though that is an issue. <laughs> well, maybe you'll have to watch the TV show. I might, I might. I think there's like three or four seasons, so you got plenty to watch. <laughs> oh, but boo, I know this is one you've struggled with to your foundation, to your core. Just as hard as, you know, picking a Batmobile, yeah. It was really difficult, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Pattinson. With Pattinson? Yeah, I mean... Michael Keaton was my guy, and then I was like, oh my god, Bale, he's so cool, then it, you know, moved to him, but, I mean, if I could have all of them, like, tied for first, I would. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Pattinson, though, because he is just so, so deep in the character, he's just pissed off, he's this angry guy, and we see the full circle of him being, you know, I'm out for vengeance, I'm out for blood, To, you know, I really need to be out here to help people. And it's like, I like seeing that kind of shift and seeing a much more dark and angry Batman. And it kind of gives me, you know, it, it gets me excited for what we're going to see in the next two movies that we get with him. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it really does feel like Pattinson is the is the only one of these actors that committed this hard to being this kind of Batman. Mm-hmm. And I think he's also probably the Batman that has the most, not only the most screen time to work with, because it's the longest Batman movie, yeah. um, but also the most um, stuff to do as Batman, a character, mm-hmm. that I I would say that's a pretty good choice as as a Batman favorite. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so last just question. nearly as fun. Oh, no, I think it's fun that he's going out and kicking ass. And it, I mean, it's not like, you know... Ooh, a couple of punches. It's like, no, I'm going to beat your ass into the ground. But does he throw away a bomb after running around a war for five minutes? <sighs> I swear, he, if that... He would have thrown it into the nuns. He wouldn't have thrown it into the nuns. But he would have definitely <laughs> thrown it into the school of ducklings. My Batman would never do such a thing. I feel like my Batman wouldn't do that either because ducks are so cute. E- even... Ooh, he almost killed a fucking gang man out a train station hey we were seeing those videos where they're out there you know sucker punching people walking home it's like almost killed a guy but he did it he stopped when when they're on the car chase on the freeway i'm like boo batman killed the guy penguin started it Uh, and that was also one of the coolest scenes ever you couldn't stop talking about that car chase scene i I like mad max movies that was a mad max car chase but besides the point my adam west batman never killed nobody Yes, we know, we know. So, best Batman film. Okay, this of is Of the hard. ones that we've watched. Yeah. So, this is... This is the most loaded one, right? Yeah. Because I think each one has their merit. Um, each one has their style, their theme. Yeah, I would... Okay. I'll, I'll say... We can both agree, Adam West is out, right? Definitely. It's not, it's not really a movie. It's three episodes of a TV show stapled together. Yeah. You know, um, would you, because Burton's 
Batman film is probably the most iconic out of the three. Mm-hmm. But I mm, and then you have like the Nolan Batman film, which I think is probably the best made one. I feel that one's probably the one that has the most like cinematic work divulged to it because it's christopher nolan yeah christopher nolan he say what you will about the guy the guy knows how to make a fucking movie yeah you know and like the matt reeves one it feels like it's borrowing a lot from other movies and putting it into the batman souffle Mm -hmm. and seeing what rises up so i think this is a conversation that comes down for me between burton and nolan okay all right and in this fight i Eh, this kind of fucking sucks. I don't want to be. I don't want to be wishy washy and just say, "Oh, they're both great in their own ways," because that's a pussy shit. All right, I'm saying, I'll say. So much angst. I'll say, Batman Begins is probably the better made film, but Tim Burns the Batman is the better film. I I say I will. I'll say that. Batman eighty nine is the best Batman movie we have watched so far. For all these Batman movies, I think it puts the most good together. It is the most fun. And I know I said Batman Begins before this podcast, but it changed my mind. I'm sorry. Okay, that's why I'm like, wait, so is it Batman Begins or is it 89? Batman 89 is the best Batman movie. I I think so. It's the one that I think is the most in tune with being a superhero film. And a comic book. And a comic book, whereas the Nolan batman begins is trying to just be a good piece of cinema on its own Mm -hmm. whereas burton's batman is the best batman movie okay i'll I'll put it like that okay so but you it's neither of them is it i like souffle so i'm gonna go with the batman i mean hey get it Hey, it, it was a difficult decision because I love Batman 89 for the same reasons that you do. There's just so much iconography in that movie. Michael Keaton's in that movie. Jack Nicholson's in that movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie, it just feels like so much more. It feels like Detective Comics. It feels like, you know, a, a serial killer movie. There's just so many elements to it. It feels like a Bond movie at sometimes. It is It is a Batman film custom made to just be exactly up your alley. Exactly. And I can't wait to see where they take us on the rest of this journey with the trilogy. But I feel like this was just a strong, very strong start to start <laughs> the trilogy. Yeah. And you know what? Like, we have differing opinions on yeah. this. Like, Batman's a character that means a million things to a million different people. Exactly. He's a character that comes from all different walks and styles and techniques and movies and video games and cartoons and comic books. And in this small little section, looking at this one character, I think we, uh, we got to see a lot of fun stuff people can do with him. Yeah. I mean, just to see how complex and how far this character could be stretched yes across uh what is this five plus decades yeah so i i like this i like this month this is a good month i agree you know batman is my favorite dc character probably my favorite superhero of all time i mean just has meant a lot to me for a very long time and it was nice to kind of go back and kind of dissect the character of not just Batman, but Bruce Wayne and Gotham and everything that makes Batman, Batman. Yes. But that brings us to an end of Batman Month. Yes. Unfortunately, Batman Month is coming to an end. We'll do, you know, Batman sequels sometime in the future. <laughs> it will happen. Maybe. It might. We might get around to it. Because I don't I don't know about you, but talking about Batman Returns and the weird psychosexual shit Tim Burton gets into... That, that's gonna be a whole can of worms. I don't know if we want to open. Ah, you love talking about weird movies. You got this. Yeah, exactly. But, next month. Next month is a Dean month. Yes, this is a Dean month. But it's really an, an us month. Because next month, we're gonna continue on of the only theme I think we will ever repeat. And that is Anime Month. That's right. We're going right back to it. It's our second annual, right? Uh, second? Yeah, or, I think it's was... our second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our only. It's only the second time around, right? Yeah. And I am excited to to head this month. I get to pick all the movies. That's right. And the movie we're gonna be watching first 
in in honor of the patron saint of the podcast that will never acknowledge us because reasons. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do a Miyazaki film. Yes. Yes, we're gonna do a movie that's been on your watch list forever since we I finally got you into anime. Yeah, I've been trying to take these Studio Ghibli movies very slow mm-hmm. and use them on the podcast, so it gives me a reason to not watch them. Yes, so we're going to be watching Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, I've been dying to watch this movie. I can't wait. I know. I'm so excited, too, because I've actually never seen this one. Really? I, yeah, I hear nothing but good things about it, um, but I've lined up the whole month. I think it's going to be really fun. We're going to get into some Miyazaki, some Otomo, some Kon. We're going to get to some, some fun movies in here. But is this the only movie that you haven't seen? Oh, no. Like, Miyazaki and the Ghibli movies are a huge empty space. No, for this month. Uh, I think so. I think so. I'm kind of wondering if we should do this where, for each anime month, I go in completely blind and not not watch the movies. Yeah, That would be kind of interesting. Well, I know you're... Well, you don't watch... And you've never watched anime except for those months, right? Not including Pokemon. Not including Pokemon, no. I mean, you made me watch Cowboy Bebop which I watched with the subtitles on them. And you're like, oh the no. The worst decision you could have made. And you're like, oh yeah, they have it dubbed over here. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? I just watched like eight episodes. You usually can episodes. never find the sub. You usually can only find the dub in America. That's all I found was the subbed. Uh, but everyone, if you're looking forward to listening to us talk about Howl's Moving Castle and other anime for the month of May, where can they find us? Well, if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Yeah, you can find us on our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. That's The Film Vault on YouTube. Uh, listen to some episodes, subscribe, have fun. It's it's a YouTube channel. I shouldn't have to explain what to do there. I think I think you got this, champ. You got this. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Film Club Podcast. And with that, we'll see you next week at the film club. I'm that mad. And that's great. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>